2: Hello everyone, thanks for joining us here on The Res Review, it's uh, your monthly audio magazine for all things Liverpool Football Club, right here on the uh, Anfield Index channel. I'm your host Andy Wales, and here to discuss all the matches and the talking points from February, and hand out our monthly awards, is Guy Drinkle and Nathan Stalker from the Anfield Index Academy podcast, so welcome along guys, Uh, thanks for coming on this month's show. It's our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it should be Should be fun, and uh, see see uh, how much you can fall out and argue. And
1: <laughs> I don't have to host this one. <laughs> I
2: got that this. Never
0: happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have some fun along the way. Uh, so, uh, regular listeners, you will know that uh, we also have the uh, the LFC World Association game a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we also answer your, uh, some of your Twitter questions uh, sent in by our lovely listeners and give our score predictions for the, the month ahead for March. So there's uh, lots to talk about. Uh, we'll get cracking with part one of the show, which is a look back at February's matches. And, well, they didn't really have the greatest of starts, Nathan, did they? Uh, a 2-0 defeat at to Leicester.
0: No, it's... It, it was a bad performance, but it probably wasn't one that surprised actually that many people. Um Leicester have taken advantage of an incredibly weird league this year. Um we were poor on the day. There it was a wonder goal from Vardy. I'm I'm still not sure how we done it. Um but as a whole I don't really think we offered anything at all in that game. It was yeah, a bit dull and to be fair it was a good result 2-0 for Leicester. And they look well on their way to winning the league to be honest. So not really much else that I can I can say on it. To be fair,
2: yeah, it, it was it was pretty flat. And the guy coming across to you, uh, any different uh, any different thoughts on that game? I, I thought it was. It, I think it, Nathan really cool. It was it, pretty, pretty, damn pretty poor. Well, we just it? played
1: under their hands, really. <laughs> we just played slow, and then they just countered and got two goals. Really, it was just a bit a bit meh.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it's it just kind of the antithesis to the uh, the game. That we played against them not that long beforehand at home, where uh, we we starved them of possession and then and then kind of and then punish them. We didn't really give them too many transitions to punish us, but like you said, we we played into their hands in this game, though, didn't we? Indeed, indeed. It was just it was just bad. It was just bad from the players. To... Yeah, uh, and let's face it. Um, <laughs> straight after that Leicester game, it wasn't that much better at home either. I think at it Hunter got worse. To Sunderland, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean throwing away two goal lead to Sunderland I mean that was oh, that, that was pretty dreadful wasn't it oh it was
1: awful it was awful especially being 2-0 up as well it's just dreadful
2: yeah I mean Nathan I mean it, can you actually explain that how you can dominate a game for 80 minutes and then throw it all away in 10
0: I mean two words Adam Johnson I think it's... you
2: mean Simon Milner no, 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 Mignolet was
0: great. I did, I, he didn't mess anything up at all. Mignolet doesn't make mistakes, guy. Oh, yes. It's just my language, does um, I, I remember watching the game because we were just absolutely dominant. Sunderland just were nowhere. And then I saw someone tweet, I can't remember who it was, and they were like, this is going to end too all." And I I have no idea what happened in those, those last 10 minutes, but we just let them back in the game. Mignolet was Mignolet, he is just crap um, <laughs> and we just yeah threw two points away for, for no real need, I mean the probably highlight of the game, the only thing that we'll remember of it is it was when Klopp had appendicitis um, and, and that's much. not really what you want to take as your main point from a game
2: Yeah I, th- I think uh, them last ten minutes we all felt his pain didn't we <laughs>
0: I'd rather have uh, <laughs> had a bit of science. I've had it and it was more bearable uh, so than the last I, ten it minutes of that
2: game. <laughs> yeah, it was much like it. Um, now, our next game was in the FA Cup, the uh, the replay at uh, West Ham. Now, we lost 2 1, but I was actually looking forward to getting your thoughts on this game because, again, we saw a lot of the, the youngsters uh, given a chance in this game. And, and Guy, I think it's fair to say the kids played well here, didn't they? Yeah, it seems to be the common
1: theme whenever we play the kids, really. The kids play well, and then the experienced players play pretty bad. Um, I think it was more of the same in this game. Ellari um, was good. Should probably... He deserves more chances, I reckon. Um, Smith probably had one of his more quiet games. He, he has been impressive going forward, but he's been poor defensively, normally. Kevin Stewart... He, well, he got he, he worked his way into the first team now. he got his injury unfortunately. But yeah, um, I think out of the out of the lot though, I think Ki Ravella impressed the most because he, he was, he's been struggling in the uh, under twenty ones and then to come in the first team against a very good West Ham team, who have probably one of the best best midfields in the league in my opinion. Very good this season. I think he played very well considering it's probably his first actual start for the first team, off the top of my head. But yeah, it was it was, it was was a good performance from a team that you'd expect to lose against West Ham, considering the teams.
2: Mm. Uh, Nathan, what about you then? Uh, was, was there uh, any of the young players that you thought particularly stood out?
0: Um, I think, like Guy just said, Thiago Alori. Um, I'm a massive fan of his. I really do hope that he does have a future at the club. Um, he didn't put a foot wrong all game in my mind. Kevin Stewart is, is a weird one. I quite harshly and I'm starting to regret it slated him in, in the first AI Academy pod and said that he wouldn't have a long-term future at the club. Um, His performances for for the first team don't make sense to me in that he's never shown anything like that for the under-21s or sort of when he was under-18 when he first came in when we signed him from Tottenham. Chiravella, again, his form has been atrocious this year Um, and he came out and had one of the best games I've I've ever seen him have against a, a physical and very strong West Ham side. Um a player that, that gets a lot of calls to be in the first team, Brad Smith. I, I have no idea why. Attacking, he's not much better than Moreno, and defensively he's worse. So I, I I'm not really sure on the Brad Smith hype. Um and I'm not going to talk about John Flanagan. <laughs> Because I don't think he really
2: qualifies as a youngster anymore, does he? No. Well, I mean, just 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 briefly, while we're on, on, you know, talking about that with the uh, the guys struggling at the under twenty ones, but but shining when they're playing in the first team. Do you think there's something to be said there for how competitive the under twenty one football is compared to actual competitive first team football? You know, perhaps uh, maybe there's. There's something that that first team football provides, a spark within a player that that they just don't seem to get and they don't lift themselves for under 21 level?
1: Uh, Well, personally, I think it's a good good question because you see at the under 21 level, some players do shine and then when they actually make the jump up, they struggle. But I think the I I don't think it's the I think the stage helps because it'll inspire the players to play better and stuff like that. But ultimately, I think it's just how competitive the under twenty one league is. Like, no, but not not many teams take it seriously, and the teams that do take them seriously don't tend to breed breed through youngsters at any particular rate. Like, I think Man City are near the top. Sunderland are doing well. Man City don't bring people through. Um, Sunderland have brought through two players this season. It's just, I think it just, I think there is a need to uh, re reformat the league, make it more competitive, and make people care about it. Cause we talk on the uh, on the Academy Pod how um, the under twenty ones can be can be problematic. Just the fact that there is never a settled team, especially for the for our under twenty ones. So it, it's it's difficult because it's not it's not a team. It's basically. Our sub bench, when we've been struggling with injury, injuries, just getting getting a run out. Basically, it's basically back to the old reserves there.
2: So, so, what about yourself, Nathan? Do you do you think there is something to be said that said for that for the the difference in intensity between under twenty one and first team footballer, uh, maybe having a different motivating factor for for players?
0: Yeah, I I think the a big big difference is the the physical side of of the game you we've got players likes of ryan kent in in the under 21s who i believe will be a first team player for us in, in a couple years but because he's a, a more tricky player um he he has a lot more time and space and, and not someone sort of shoving into him i actually think it's where stewart has shone in in the first team is because he is quite a, a big physical guy he can put his weight around, whereas if he's doing that in the under-21s, the guys are just going to go down and then he's going to end up picking up sort of silly little yellow cards and bits like that. Um I do agree with Guy, and it, again, it's something that the three of us have all said on the Academy pod, is the under-21s league as it is now isn't sustainable and it isn't productive for us to bring through players and have the amount of English players and homegrown talent that the squads need to have by rules now. It it doesn't help them take that jump into the first team. Um what we can do about that is is a different conversation for another pod. But I think yeah, the big difference for me is is the physical side and the motivation, yeah. Always playing for the first team, you're going to want to give that little bit extra and and we're seeing the likes of Stuart Excel in doing it and by giving these chances that I don't think they would have had potentially under previous managers.
2: Yeah. it's uh, a fair point. I mean, I know we've gone off on a slight bit of a tangent here, but uh, yeah, it was just while we were talking about that game, it was in- uh, interested to get your thoughts on that. So, uh, anyway, moving back on onto uh, the matches uh, through February, and um, after a, a hit and miss, disappointing start to the month, uh, it all suddenly got a lot better on Valentine's Day, and it was uh, it, it was the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre for Aston Villa and Guy. 6 0. No. Did did you see that coming?
1: Well, with how we've played up, in, especially in forward areas this year, I didn't ever see us scoring more than three. But I think, it, one, it shows that we've missed Sturridge a lot. <laughs> and two, it shows that Aston Villa could probably go straight down to League One. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just, it, it was probably just our best performance of the season against what is a very bad team, obviously. But we did. Pretty much what we needed to do, really. You obviously, had, you had Storage back, you had Coutinho, Firmino, who were rampant that day. I think the most important, the best thing about that game, though, was the, the pressing. And that we saw it, it could work with Storage up front. And basically, we just pressed them into submission and we stopped them playing with that. And Colo 2 race scored, so what else could you ask for?
2: <laughs> the slow-motion goal. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was um a thing of beauty. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, it really was something else. I actually thought, you know, that we played good, we played well, but we weren't, like, particularly outstanding. It was strange. It was, mm. we did, it was just, we didn't have to be. Yeah. Because Villa was so bad. That, that was, they, they were absolutely shocking. It we were was, in second I mean, gear, but they
1: were like in minus eight gear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was, it really was dreadful. I mean, I mean, Nathan coming across to you, I mean, as, as guys mentioned there, you know, we, storage it was the first time we got to see Sturridge, Coutinho, Firmino from the start. And, uh, that, that was, that was the real highlight of the game, wasn't it? Of the, of, other than the, uh, six goals, I should say.
0: Oh, It it was beautiful. Just to see the three of them even on the pitch. We could have won that 2-0 and I think anyone would have been happy just to see them on. But it it was the way we just systematically tore Villa apart and just did not let them get anywhere near even a foothold in the game. And I think Klopp felt sorry for them by bringing Benteke on after 74 minutes and he thought six was enough because the, the... it's the only way you can bring Penteke on and you thought this has got to be a game he'll score in and and he couldn't score in that. But yeah, to see the, those three actually on the pitch and all looking sharp as well, it's something that I hope we build on a lot more than what we've seen subsequently, to be honest.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just one of them uh, one of them days that you, you don't forget. It? Fantastic, uh, fantastic to witness. Great fun to watch. Um, when oh, Winning 6-0 away from home it's it's just one of them things.
0: And Colo scoring.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that goal. I still <laughs> can't believe that really, that really happened.
0: I just remember I don't watching think Kolo it and being. No, I just remember watching it and going, Colo's <laughs> just scored? What the hell? When, think, when has this happened?
2: Yeah, I think Colo was watching it going, oh my god, Colo just scored. <laughs> <laughs> Did that just happen? <laughs> you can see by the look on his face, he probably scores like twice a year in training.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I reckon he's like Zidane in training. He
0: just goes for the worldies all. Game. Oh, he, he scores some beauties in training.
2: 100
0: oh, percent. There's some forty yard screamers yeah. in there. He runs
2: like he, run, he runs like Zidane's grandpa, but never was. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, we we went from
2: there onto uh, into Europa League action, and uh, we might as well, you know talk about these, cover these games together, um, you know, 0-0 away from home and then 1-0 at home. It's It was a lot tighter than it should have been against Augsburg, uh, who were, a, you know, they're a difficult team to, to take on. But at home, I thought we really made it uh, difficult, Nathan. And, and I don't know, I don't... <laughs> it was nervy. I, f- I found it really, really nervy towards the end in a game that we really should have uh, put to bed in the first half at Anfield. Uh, what, what about yourself over them two uh, legs?
0: I just felt uncomfortable all the way through. We we seemed scared to get out of second gear across either leg. And there just wasn't the fluidity in our play, especially when we went over to Asberg and played. And I mean, their, their pitch was dreadful, but... There's no way that we should have come out of that game level with them. There was so many chances and opportunities to, to put that game away. Um, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're through, but it does worry me that our lack of goals in Europe seems to be an ongoing thing from, from when we had Brendan. Oh, I said his name. Oh, um. Uh-huh. So, so I know we'll talk about it in a bit, but with who we've got coming up as well, we're, we're going to need to score a hell of a lot more goals.
2: Yeah, I and mean, we'll talk about the draw in uh, in the next segment. But um, but, Guy, I mean, what about your thoughts on this game? Did Did you like myself? You know, feel it, it was it was a lot tighter than it really needed. We did to be. our
1: best to lose, didn't we? In the second in the second leg, especially. Cause... We should have won that game comfortably, and it? it just became uh, off the top of my head. Lucas just tried to do an implosion in the second leg when we were winning. Um, it was it just seemed uncomfortable when we were in such a dominant position for most of the game. The the, the, the the second half of the second half, we just tried to pretty much just put ourselves out of Europe. It was just not good. It? The first leg was just a bit boring. I think as Nathan said, the pitch wasn't that the best so i think we struggled to adapt to that but the second leg it was just it just showed our our problems all season really we just lacked uh goal scorers even though we did have storage and stuff on but i think it just showed the effect that the europa league can have or, or playing a midweek game should have can have should i say um it just showed that players coming back from injury do take time and do need to be protected still and i think we saw that it just players just needed rested really
2: yeah i think it was um, <clears throat> towards the end of that second leg it, it i think it was becoming quite apparent uh, how leggy some of the players were looking and uh, well i think that uh, that's quite a a good prerequisite to uh, to part 2 oh god so, we'll, uh, <laughs> so the the main talking points uh, of the past month the uh, first one obviously is that uh, thats certain thing? Yesterday, the League Cup final, as we record, it was yesterday. Um, I'd, I mean, leggy, lethargic is is how I felt we looked after probably I don't know 35, 40 minutes. I thought we we we, we started to we started the game well, but then it's it was all the performance and the game seemed to just drift away from us, and we were just sort of hanging on. I mean. Guy, I will come to you first. I mean, what, what about your thoughts on the the performance, and you know, anything good, bad to take from the game?
1: It was just heartbreaking, wasn't it? It's, you bi- we build it up so much in your head that we beat Man City earlier in the season. We well, we actually battered them. Can, we can, can we do it on the bigger stage? We've, we've got our better players back. On paper, it should work, but I think after the first, I don't know, first twenty minutes where we looked good, it just showed that you can't really. You can't really beat, in terms of football, a well-structured team. And I think that's just what Man City were. They had uh, Fernando, Fernandinho and uh, Yaya in midfield. And I just think we struggled to bypass that. And then once we did, you had company and Otamendi, who, even though Otamendi struggled at times this season, he just showed that that centre-back pairing is probably the best in the league. And it was just them controlling the game, really. Controlling our in terms of our attacking play, we just couldn't do anything to him really, and well, until Origi came on, I thought he changed the game. Personally, he just he, he added that extra energy that Sturridge wasn't showing on the day. It just it was just poor, I think, and obviously Sacco getting injured didn't help. It just Kolo came on and did well, but I, I think been, I know Moreno's been slated a lot today, and I've been banging on about it all day on Twitter. But I think without without Sacco being there, Moreno. Probably not Less confidence probably not the right word, but I don't think he can see Moreno in his best, because Sacco's easily our best centre-back, and he's our, he's our natural left centre-back, so he can cover Moreno more naturally, whereas Lucas had a good game, but positionally he wasn't, he wasn't up to standard the same as Sacco is.
2: Yeah, I thought Lucas looked a lot more uncomfortable when he moved to the left centre-back. Mm. He, he was not too bad at right centre-back. But once he goes to left centre back, he, 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 I thought he looked quite uncomfortable at times. I mean, he, he gave a good performance, just, you know, especially considering that he is a midfielder. But there are times where yeah, he goes charging to win the ball in midfield, where his instincts, yeah. his midfield instincts take over from his positional play of where he's actually supposed mm. to be. So the, the, yeah, there the, you know, was some worrying moments in there. I mean, we got away with it. I think what you mentioned with Fernando Fernandino playing. That that was that was a good move from um, from Pellegrini and the importance as well of having company there to to lead and organise Otamendi and keep him in check. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was important as well, like you mentioned. So uh, just coming across to you, Nathan. I mean, how, how influential do you think it was uh, with Sacco going off the pitch then on the the overall performance and the result of the game?
0: So I, I have a, a slightly different take on this, and I, I personally don't think losing Sacco had much influence on the game as a whole and the way it panned out um my reasoning behind that is the midfield was so poor they were still going to get those chances and when you've got Lucas playing in defense he is going to run out and, and positionally he isn't very good so they're still going to get those chances Sterling's probably still going to get those one-on-ones that he had um again A very clever move by Pellegrini, as you've both said. He put three big midfielders on the pitch, and every game that we've lost in has had an opposition team with three big, strong midfielders playing up against us because we don't know how to play and get past them because we try all this nice football, and they'll just pick the ball up and go, meh, this is easy. And they had company who's arguably, when he's actually fit, which he hasn't really been for the last 18 months, the best sense, but definitely in the league and probably in Europe, he's just a different class. And and you saw how often we were caught offside in that as well yesterday, just because he's organizing that line. And it it is like a ruler. You look at it and you compare it to ours where we've got players across our back line was across sort of a 10 yard difference. Uh, There was probably an inch between the Man City line and, and it just, we never got through that way. I, I agree with Guy, I thought Origi changed the game for us, and I was calling for that sub at half-time. It wouldn't have been for me, and I'd have taken off. But I was saying Origi has the ability and the presence to be able to mix it up and change it for us. I think I don't like to insult Klopp, but I think he'd left that sub too late.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Guy, just to bring you back on this then, uh, what about yourself then? and What about your thoughts on on the midfield? Do you agree with the guy there that... uh you know that the midfield really underperformed i mean i know henderson's been getting pelters recently his, his form's really not good and uh, for me just doesn't look 100% fit and it, even um, rishan's been getting um, criticism for his his recent form as well do you, i mean do you think uh, the midfield battle is is, is where we uh, lost the game
1: I I think it's it's definitely key. As in the midfield's always key in games, but it 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 did show that we were we were playing without a proper shield. Really, Henderson didn't. It wasn't his best game. It wasn't his worst game, but he he just didn't. He couldn't really impose himself on the game. Emery Chan, I think Emre Chan was better out of the two, but he again he struggled. He struggled because. We weren't we weren't under siege all the game, but you have to be defensively aware. One of the two, and Henderson's not the best at it, and Chan probably he's better at the two. Obviously, I think it just I think we, there was just a disconnect from the midfield two to the midfield three behind Sturridge, and I think what you could have done is either dropped Coutinho deeper or I don't know, brought Allen on maybe. I think it, I think the numbers would have helped. Obviously, it was two versus three in this situation. I think. It it was just it's not I wouldn't say the wrong team to play but I think if you saw that Man City were playing that midfield three I think you would have went I think you would have tried to match them up.
2: Mm. Is it? Yeah, it's an interesting shout. Uh, I mean, what about Moreno then? I mean, you know, as, as you've alluded to, he he really was poor yesterday. I mean, I've I, I like Moreno personally. I've backed him a lot. Uh, he is struggling lately. He really is struggling. Um, but he really was poor. He had he had a really torrid time for yesterday, didn't he? Indeed. But
1: I I think he he was poor. But at the same time, the criticism that he's gotten has it's just gone over the top because, well, Nathan, Nathan talked earlier about Flanagan. Well, he would refused to talk about Flanagan, but he talked about Smith. And I think you you've obviously followed. But you two both followed Bundesliga more than me, but. The attacking fullback is is important to a Klopp team, from what I understand. So if Klein isn't performing going forward, which he hasn't, in my opinion, I think Moreno's your best option for left back and only option. Because people say Moreno's a clueless defender, but if you really want to see a clueless defender, watch Brad Smith closely next time he gets a game.
0: You don't even need to watch him closely; just You'd, watch him.
1: Just just watch just watch all the crosses and all the balls coming from the the opposing right hand side.
0: It's... And he's at the halfway line jogging back.
1: Yeah, like. Moreno may be a bit headless chicken at times, but he does he does run his arse off at times. He, at, at times, he, he always yeah. tries his hardest. Yeah, I, I, what, he,
2: what he does have in his... I mean, positionally, yes, he does have a lot of work to be done there on the training pitch. But what he does have is a recovery tackle. I, mm. I mean, I know his attempt at a tackle yesterday, just blind, you know, sticking his leg up where he can't see is... You know, it's stupid. It's stupid, but risky. <laughs> There's no other way about it. You know, it's stupid and it's risky. And it, he was lucky that, for whatever reason, Aguero decided to, to hit the deck before it even got to him. Mm. And the referees spotted it. So he got away with that, really, yesterday. Mm. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree with you both on Smith. I think he's, he's, he's the worst defensively of, of our left-backs. You know he is good going forward, and uh, he might be okay cover at times. But yeah, defensively, he really, really is poor. And mm-hmm. I mean, it m- it might be for you know a shout for it that you know on the back of that performance, and then going to play- and then playing Man City again midweek, it might be a shout to actually play Flanagan at left back just for no. someone who's going to sit a bit more <laughs> defensively. Just, no. just you know in this in this particular game for the way that they targeted Moreno.
0: Yeah, but, know, but they'll target Flanagan particular... as well. Yeah, Where but he's we, not going
2: to—he's gonna, not going to go charging up the pitch, is he? That's you know. I think
1: it's... if you do that, I think you have to say to Klein, you have to be the more attacking one now, and you need to impose yourself on the game. Yeah.
2: he actually—I thought he had quite a good game yesterday, though. Oh yeah,
1: not criticising, but yeah. I think he does. I think he can't match Moreno in an attacking no, sense, no, and I think oh, you oh, need that—you need that balance yeah, to, to, to the team. Yeah.
0: I do think as well. I have a couple of theories on on Moreno. Is one he has no l- real competition, so he will get away with these mistakes until we bring in someone that is either of equal or potentially and hopefully better than Just him.
1: Get Ricardo Rodriguez.
0: Ah, oh, that that would solve so many problems. <laughs> Not only because then half of Twitter would shut up about him, <laughs> <laughs> but my other theory on him is is. He doesn't get enough support from the left-sided winger during games. If you look at the right-hand side, which has looked a lot more stable for us, a lot of the time that's where Bobby's playing, and, and he will win the ball a lot higher up and also help and get back because he is an animal when it comes to winning the ball back. Firmino is is the best player that we have.
1: Also, Milner plays that side, and he just the one thing he actually does well is run up and down the, the wing, helping his fullback.
0: Yeah. And I just don't think Moreno gets that at all. So I think he is heavily exposed. I think he doesn't get the cover from the midfield. So that area of the pitch is just massively targeted. So, yeah, they will target him, but that's because they know that's where all our space is going to be. But I think if he had someone that could get back and help him out a bit. That that is always going to make a big difference, and that's why Sterling had such a torrid time yesterday because they were just there was always two or three players on that right hand side of the pitch to to go over there and mark him. Um, that said, Klein had a very good game. and I've actually been quite impressed with Klein over the last month. I think he's finally settled into to the club and is starting to put some performances in that we all knew he was capable of.
2: Mm. Yeah, that is an interesting interesting perspective. Um, so just briefly on the goals then. I mean, the the less said about uh, the City goal the better really. I mean, Minuley it was it, it was it was harder to let in than it was to save.
1: Ward anyone? <laughs> anyone want him in?
2: Yeah. Bogdan. <laughs> yes.
0: Bogdan.
2: Well, Bogdan I tell needs you, a well, on Bogdan, this this tells you all you need to know about Bogdan. Is uh, my my kids were playing in the garden yesterday, and uh, my youngest said, uh, "I'm in goal. I'm going to be, be Noya," and my elder said, "No, you're Bogdan." So my <laughs> youngest got very upset <laughs> <laughs> and threw a tantrum. So when a when a six year old takes your name as being an insult, then I th- that says so much about your career. Yeah. So um, anyway, I <laughs> goal, go. Um, I mean, it was just a kind of a bit scruffy really wasn't yeah, it yeah
1: just a cluster
2: yeah it, it just eh yeah, we got it so well i mean we'll we'll finish up what a, the penalty shootout uh, i mean anything any thoughts uh, comments you want to make on the penalty shootout
1: their penalties were mint ours were a bit crap
0: apart from emery Chan's. emery <laughs> chance was beautiful
1: it was filth
0: though emery chan's penalty was just like emery chan it was just beautiful when <laughs> you couldn't fault it like
2: Balls I of steel mean, to do that in the first oh, penalty of a penalty shootout in a final. Especially
0: with his record it, as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like one Balls thing on steel. the penalties
0: is
1: just. I don't understand. I know Milner probably would have been the fifth choice taker. But
0: oh, shouldn't we have.
1: No, I'm just saying. Shouldn't. I d- <laughs> I know fifth is he obviously you he need your guaranteed scorer <sighs> there, but I'd, I'd, I'd personally put would have wanted him higher up to get
0: a, I would have put him second or third.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would, guaranteed scorer cause yeah, Noma's, get the Noma's get the goals. Yeah,
2: get the goals on the uh,
0: on the card first. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, well, so that that was the league cup final. Yes, we we lost three one on penalties. Uh, disappointing, but uh, on the on the plus side, we, we you know we're back at, we're back in the final. So it's uh, let's let's hope there's more to come. Uh, We'll move over to the Europa League then. Uh, Just briefly uh, chat on that one. So uh, it's (laughs) who would you know? It was people were laughing about it, but uh, yes, they they managed to draw it. uh, Man United in the next round. Uh, What about you guys? Happy, excited, nervous?
1: I was so looking forward to that tie with Braga, and it got took away (laughs) from me. (laughs) There. no, but I think it's like probably the biggest game for the Europa League ever, and in terms of TV and money, it's perfect for that competition because everyone laughs at the Europa League. But now, probably the biggest game in Europe is in the Europa League, and everyone's going to be watching it on a Thursday night. It's just, from a, from a personal point of view, it's just brilliant. Unless we lose, and then it's just gutting, and it'll just be a bollock for the rest yeah, of the season. That's Probably. the only
2: thing. They're the greatest. they the best team to beat, but the worst team to lose against. Yeah. So, I mean, what about you, Nathan? How did you feel about that draw? You know, did did it get you excited, or were you a bit nervy? Uh,
0: if you don't get excited over a Liverpool United game, you shouldn't be a Liverpool or a United fan. It's just one of those games. It doesn't matter how good or how bad the teams are playing at the time. You're always gonna be ready for it and and want and pray that the team wins because yeah, we we can't afford to lose to them again this year. Like I've had enough of losing to them. The last one was an absolute killer with their only shot on target. Like I, I can't have that again. I cannot have Wayne Rooney and his smug, bloody face. He'll be injured, I think. Good. Good.
2: Yeah. He, w- he won't be out. It'll be Marcus Rashford instead. So.
0: <sighs> but that means they've got a player that can score. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh. Uh, well. So be, I mean, that'll be coming up uh, in the next few weeks anyway. So we'll 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 give our predictions on that uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, last piece of business uh, for this segment: uh, Joel Matip confirmed for uh, to join us in the summer on a free transfer. Good, bad, indifferent.
1: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've only ever seen him like a couple of times in the Champions League, like in the match when they played Real last year. Um, I I don't follow Bundesliga. Um, but from what I've read and what I've... Well, no, I haven't even watched YouTube clips got since Jovanovic. I've been scoured by that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've heard he's a left-sided centre-back, but can play right-sided. So I think intriguing is the best way for me. To describe it, because I'm pretty much just going
2: in blind with him, to be honest. It's... What about you, Nathan? Are you hopeful, or have you seen anything of him?
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I'm, I, I would say I'm a fan. I'm a massive fan of getting him on a free transfer. Um, he, the way, the way I describe him is his actual ability isn't much better than Skirtle or Loverin, but he makes like 1% of the mistakes. You're painting a lovely picture. <laughs> but he, imagine them not making mistakes and that that's yeah. what we're getting for free
2: I, from what i've seen i mean i've i've seen him he's been a lot better this season than than previous
0: yeah from what he, i've he's seen of him, i, I him, i never paid a, a great
2: deal of attention to him before i must admit but what i, what I would say is noticeable is he's comfortable on the ball and that's it's something cool. that you definitely cannot say about Skirtle or Lovering mm. they're not comfortable when the ball is near their feet so yeah, and, and like yourself, you know, free transfer. So
0: Exactly. and He's only got to come in and not make the mistakes. And he's already an upgrade on what we've got <laughs> at the minute.
1: Is he and an upgrade on Colo, though?
0: <laughs> nothing is an upgrade on Colo.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Colo it is can... God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that uh, gives us a, a perfect opportunity to uh, go for a short commercial break. We'll be back right after this.
0: To The Amfield Index, Index podcast channel The Amfield Index podcast channel
1: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans.
2: Okay, welcome back to uh, the Reds Review. We've got Nathan and Guy with me from the Academy pod. And uh, time now for us to hand out our awards. Uh, We're going to start with our Goal of the Month award. So, Nathan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Who was your Goal of the Month for February?
0: Colo Torre, Aston Villa. Just, it has to be. There's only one winner of this award this month. And it has to be Colo. Yeah.
2: This this is not a comedy award. <laughs> this is not a gimmick award.
0: Oh, this, no, is no, no, this is real. This is not the
2: James, not not the uh, the Vincent James McMahon award.
0: Leg- Legacy of excellence. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is a real thing.
0: Um, okay, if I have to do a genuine one, it, it, I'll stick with the Villa game, um, and I would actually give it to Divock Origi. For his goal in that game, purely because the amount of one-to-ones that one one sorry, that we just have missed and royally missed this season, and he comes on as a sub, gets the ball and just goes for it. Gets his head down, and I think it was 27 seconds after coming on. Yeah, and not I think only some...
2: that, not only that, I would say as well, his his first touch was lovely.
0: Yeah, exactly it's so yeah that he will be my serious goal of the month winner
2: okay yeah what about yourself guy then who won your goal of the month for february other than kolo or of course
1: um i i think for me it was between two you had the uh in the aston villa game you had chan's uh goal i think that ju- i think that just showed uh what the future's about really we had Pressing up high, intensive pressing, and it just worked. It just worked out into chances that we we took. a uh, Nice finish from outside the box, and the second one, which I'll actually give it to, is Coutinho's free kick against West Ham under the wall. Uh, that's just that just shows that he's such a clever player, really. And I don't think anyone you don't have to explain it to anyone, but it's, it's just you don't see it that often, and it's just beautiful.
2: Yeah, that was uh, quite ingenious and cheeky. Yeah, I loved that one. Uh personally I, I have gone for the one one that you mentioned there, Emily Shan against Villa. I just particularly really like that goal, so that that's my spot anyway. Uh Player of the Month award then back over to you, Nathan. Who won your player of the month for February?
0: Ooh I am gonna give it to Roberto Firmino this month. I think we're finally now seeing what this guy can do. I mean, I've been harping on about him for probably two years now. Um, and Guy is, was more than sick of me going on about him constantly. Um, when we, I was to, all
1: for Adam Lalanima. He, he,
0: he was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it has been a good two years that I was going on about Firmino. Um, and we're still not seeing a hundred percent of him. Andy, you've seen him for Hoffenheim and I don't think we've seen the full Firmino yet.
2: No, we haven't. But we are seeing. We've seen. We, I think we see, we're seeing more and more glimpses mm. of, of uh, just what he's capable of. And I, and I think you're right. I think he's putting it putting it together a lot more consistency, uh, more, a lot more consistently over the, the past few months. So uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, that's a great shout. Uh What about you, guy? Then uh, who won your Player of the Month for February? For me, it
1: was between three. Uh, Firmino was one of them. Uh, I think I can't remember who mentioned that on you two, but Klein's been impressing this month as well. But for me, I think you have to give it to Coutinho. You just see the impact he's had since he's came back from injury, and you've just I've just missed him so much. And I give it to him because he's he's been involved in every bit of good play we've had this in this month.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm Say gonna, I'm man, gonna, you want to. <laughs> I'm going to be a bit of a pussy, actually, and I'm going to sit completely on the fence because I couldn't actually pick between the two of them because I think, other than the the Villa match, it's it's been difficult to really pick a, a player of the month. You know, someone who's really put a you know strung a lot of good performances together, and the closest to it probably has been both Firmino and Catino. And, uh, you know, yeah, Coutinho coming back and actually looking back on fire has been impressive. But for me, you no, know, a few, you know, a few of the games in there as well. He was so good. I mean, I know 2-2 against Sunderland was a poor game, but he was very good in that game. So, uh, I- I'm gonna first time ever, someone's gonna share the award for me. So I- I'm copping out of it. So <laughs> that, that's, that's my cop out. <laughs> um, right time for our LFC word association game. Uh, Where basically, I'll say something, and I want you to give me the first thing, LFC-related, that comes to mind. So, if I said, greatest ever comeback, the response normally would be Istanbul, of course. So, uh, Guy, I'll let you go first on this one. So, your first one is goalkeeper.
1: Dudek. Number nine. Torres. Torres. Bosman. Maxi Rodriguez, and I don't know
2: why. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, for, quick shouts off your top of your head! That was fantastic. Uh, right, Nathan, over to you then. Your first one is winger. Cow. Number seven.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Jesus.
1: First thing there for
2: I've thing literally that got none that are
0: coming into my head. I've had a complete Not mind rice blank.
2: Not rice or anything
1: like that. No, come on. I said Maxi Rodriguez on a Bosman for God's sake.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I've literally had a complete mind blank. We um, had a
2: few famous number sevens.
0: Yeah, I know. This is why it's embarrassing.
2: James Milner for a start.
0: Ah, uh, don't. I did nearly say Milner because he's the only one that's come to my mind. So I'm going to have to say Milner. <laughs> oh my God. Oh! Ah. Oh.
2: Right, your Jesus. last one. Thou shall not pass. Sacco. Like it. Like it. <laughs> you know what? When I actually wrote that one out, when I come with it, the first thing that came to my mind was Mascherano. So there you go.
0: Ooh.
2: Number seven? How could you not say Suarez? I, or, I was literally I was, was looking Kenny. at something
0: else on my screen and I just <laughs> was like, seven. <clears throat> seven. Shit. Number seven. What number does that look like? I genuinely <laughs> forgot what the number seven looked like.
2: Oh my word!
0: Guys, right, uh, lots of editing.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll move. <laughs> I think we time for us to move swiftly on. Uh, we'll uh, go on to your Twitter questions now. Uh, so uh, I want to say thanks to uh, to anyone who sent in uh, your questions here for the panel. Uh, our first one is from uh, Andrew Parvey. I hope I've said your name right there. And oh my word! I'm not even going to try to pronounce your Twitter handle. I'm sorry. Uh, His question is, uh, would we have the same results without storage this month? Uh, Should we build around him? And if not, then who? And I'll uh, come to Guy first on this one.
1: 100% no. We should not build around storage. Uh, Just the first part of that question as well. We probably wouldn't have the the results this this, uh, month without him because... Our alternatives up front, unless Origi came back and hit the for ground running, are just non-existent. Um, but for the main point, we should not build around Sturridge. It's it hurt us in the past. It hurt us last season. Uh, it it's just it's just a it's just a bad idea because you can't you can't rely on his injuries being perfect for a season. And who should we build around? Uh, without saying just a, just a new striker, I, I think you'd have to say the two Brazilian lads. Really. I think they're the they're the core, they're the fulcrum of the team. And any good striker who can actually move behind a defence is going to hopefully shine behind them too, so I think you have to build it between
2: them too. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. What about you, Nathan? What's your take on that one?
0: Yeah, you can't build around Sturridge. It's... We got caught out there massively last year, and it really did hurt us. Um, I agree with Guy, you build around the Brazilians, and you build around Emery Chan everyone else in that team is upgradable. And that hurts me to say, because even Sacco is upgradable. Um, How dare you? It, it does hurt. I am I am crying slightly inside. Um, <laughs> it's If if Storage can keep fit between now and the end of the season, I'll be amazed. So we're talking, what, 10, 12 games. You, you can't build a team long-term around him.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree fantastic player he is he's a phenomenal player when he's fit he's he's probably the second best striker in the league but yeah as for building around him it's 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 just so difficult to to actually do that it's more of i think along the lines of what you said really is you get someone else and then when you have storage available he's an asset you you use him but uh you don't build put all your eggs in that basket uh, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with uh, with both of you on that. Um, our next question is from uh, Hassan, and his uh, Twitter handle is at Hassan 19 uh, He asks, a future of Mignolet? Was he given the new contract so we can get a decent fee for him? <laughs> 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 or, is oh, he, or is he rated
1: by cop? I think the laughter answers that.
2: <laughs> oh dear."
0: Oh, I, I think all you question. have to say
1: is I think on paper he was trying to protect his value but Mignolet is doing a good job of not protecting his value. <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah, I, what about yourself Nathan, Nathan then um I mean all right. yesterday yesterday was Minulez all over wasn't it and you know horrendous mistake to to let in a soft goal but then pull off you know three excellent saves.
0: He's so it's, yeah he he's the best worst keeper i've ever seen he does some things that are so stupid and then he'll pull off some of those saves that he did i am praying that in the summer he is gone and someone like a sunderland or a newly promoted team pays good money or just any money actually for him um I can't see that that contract being genuinely because we rate him. Like he's widely regarded as an awful keeper, and I've gone through and looked at the other teams in the Premier League, and I've put him in w- easily in the bottom five of sort of first or, or starter keepers for the entire league. So I would like us to upgrade him and bring in Timo Horn, just because Timo Horn is incredible.
2: Yes, I am well and truly on that uh, one I've been on that one for quite some time I think he's fantastic <laughs> And he's available for 9 million euros exactly. You heard that right That is his buyout clause We must go and offer it To a uh, colonel in the summer Please Do it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean Minule might actually Make a good number too Because when he's When he's on form he's a good shot stopper But mm. when he's not on form he doesn't shot, uh, Stop shots and that becomes a bit of a problem because he doesn't really have too much else to his game. So he and he's such uh, he, he's such a fragile player of confidence, isn't he? So maybe if he's you know sat on the sidelines, he grabs his opportunity whenever he gets it, and he could be a worthwhile number two. Um, I, I do best think case that, scenario yeah. for him, but yeah, ideally see if we can get four or five million for him if possible. Yeah. But
0: whatever goalkeeper we bring in, if we keep Ackterberg is going to have issues. Like, yes, I think a a brand new goalkeeping coach has to come in in the summer.
2: It it can't be any coincidence that all goalkeepers have gone backwards in the last six years. How do you destroy Pepe Arena? Come on. Well, he did. Answers on a postcard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll move on to, uh, to our next question, which is from Taintless Red, and you can catch him on Twitter, at Taintless Red, Uh, he's asked, are Branigan and Kiravella better passers than uh, Henderson, Milner or Shan, and uh, should one of them be playing in the Premier League, and uh, Guy, I'll let you start first on this one.
1: Better passers, yes. In, from what I've seen, um, obviously it's different levels, so it's hard to compare the two. But from what I've seen at the under twenty one level,
2: the,
1: when Key Ravel is actually on form, not, not this season, he's been pretty, pretty inaccurate with his passing. It's just been a bit off. It's just not the same. But if both are on top form, I think their passing is better, more accurate, especially Key Ravel's. Should they both be playing in the Premier League more? Brannigan, I'd say, has got more of, a, more of a chance and should possibly have more minutes. Especially now that, well, the league's pretty much gone. We're not in the FA Cup, we're not in the Capital One Cup. has gone, we've only got... Europa League's our main thing this season now, in my opinion. So, I think the league's now a good opportunity to give players like Brannigan and maybe Key Rivella if we are struggling for numbers. Minutes, um... I think Brannigan could start more games whereas Kirivella may be on the bench, but I would I wouldn't. I'd like to see him finish this year and then reassess for Kirivella.
2: So what about you, Nathan? Uh, Brannigan, Kiravella? Are uh, are there better passers than Henderson, Milner or Shan? And uh, you know, and should they be playing in the Premier League? I
0: I think they're both cleverer with the pass than Henderson and especially Milner, who's just <laughs> brain dead. Um like their distribution of the ball is is very good. Um Chiravella, we we did touch upon it earlier and again we we've said about it on the AI um, academy pod. He is having a, a, a torrid time this year with form. Um he's had a handful of good games and I'm I'm clutching at straws saying a handful he's been very disappointing. Um Brannigan he ran the show in in the first game against West Ham in the f a cup um that said, do I think either of them are ready for more Premier League games or or to take one of their places? No, I don't um Chiravella is probably a good two three years away from really having a solid claim for it um and I think where we'll be in two three years is gonna make it even harder. Brannigan, physically, I don't think is up for the demands of Premier League football yet. I think he could do the occasional job, but I don't know if that's at the detriment of of giving, say, Origi more minutes or someone like that, because the first one out of the team for me would be Milner. Um So if Brannigan did bulk up a bit, I reckon we would be having a different conversation this time next year. But as we are as of today, no, I don't think either of them are massively ready for more minutes.
2: Could Brannigan play as part of a midfield three, then?
1: I think that's the best for him in my opinion. Yeah.
2: You know, so not, not so not having to push forward as much, you know, just, just you know, a bit more central midfield, get him in, because he did seem to be uh, quite keen on getting stuck in and putting himself around and you know, with that natural enthusiasm of, of a young player just coming into the team, it, you know, could could that be an avenue to uh, to get him, uh, you know, two or three games?
1: The only thing about that is if you play the midfield free, I think the only role that he could take would be Henderson's. Mm. And unless Henderson's fitness uh, deteriorates, which might be possible, uh, I'm not a sports scientist or anything like that, but he's not looking 100% stuff like that. But I think if you had a midfield free... Uh, of Chan, Henderson, and Allen would be my strongest midfield three. Uh, I think Henderson's the one he could replicate yeah. in that role. Whereas you can have Chan and Henderson who can Chan probably deepest and then can rotate with Allen, and then Allen can link it, and then Branigan or Henderson can go box to box. I think that's the best way you could do it.
2: Yeah, it's, well, well, well. Just on this, then, you know, we're talking about academy players here, and you know, opportunities. You know, to move away from just Brannigan and uh, Kiravella, is is there any other academy players? You know, that, who you think there could be opportunities for them to to get some realistic minutes? You know, in the remainder of the season. I would
1: love Tony Gomez to start
0: playing. I knew you'd know
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, Manchester United are playing that Rashford kid, uh-huh. and Tony Gomez has got better stats in in the under eighteen, so. He's a young striker, why not? I love I love Tony Gomez, he's he's, he's one to look out for if you're not familiar with the under-18s but realistically he's probably not going to get many minutes but I think you can look at players like Kent or Joe maybe get some more minutes if you're trying to play more direct from the wings uh, and then defenders, there's not many unless you count a Laurie I think a Laurie could do with a lot more minutes in the Premier League mm-hmm. And if you want backup for Klein, we mentioned it on the last AI Academy podcast, I think Ryan McLaughlin's the best backup for right-back. Out of the lot, really, I think he can bring what he has, but more in attacking sense as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few, but I'm, I'm not sure how many are actually ready to make the jump. But there's always a surprise there, as we said with Kevin Stewart. No, I don't think anyone, not just the people yeah. at the Academy podcast, saw that coming. So.
2: Yeah. What about you, Nathan? Anyone that you think could... Could potentially get uh, a bit of game time between now and the end of the season.
0: I would love to see Ryan Kent playing alongside um, Coutinho and Firmino. Absolutely love it. There was a game the other day um, for the under-21s and Ryan Kent was just an absolute... Mile ahead of anyone else on the pitch. He's, he's too good for the under 21s. This is, this is the problem with Kent at the minute, is he is far too good to play at that level. Um, but he just hasn't got that. I don't know if he has, hasn't got the ability or just hasn't shown it in training to make this Lack next step. As
1: well.
0: Yeah. Um, so he would be the one I, I would love to see and We have nothing to lose by putting him in. Um, Ojo is a great shout, but not to start. He would just be someone that you bring bring on with 10, 15 minutes left and defences won't know what to do with themselves. He's so direct. He is Jordan Ibe, but with better decision-making and better finishing. And just overall is a better player in my mind. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, he... From what I've seen of Ojo, what I'd describe him as a 20-minute player.
0: Yes, 100%. That's that's 100% all he can do.
2: Stage. Yeah.
0: He is 20 minutes at, at the level that we'd need him at, he wouldn't last more than 20 minutes and you wouldn't get anything out of him for more than 20 minutes. Um he yeah, he it's just his directness. Um and I yeah, think I mean,
2: that, I'm saying, I mean that's not a detrimental thing, you know. it's no, no, no. just he's a young lad, but at this stage of his game you know, we, like you've, you know, said he's so direct, and for twenty minutes, that effectiveness that could change a game for us, you know, yeah. and that that could be a huge, you know, platform for him for the rest of his career. So, you know, little fleeting performances like that, and, and managed correctly, and and just very very carefully, and that you know that <laughs> that lad could be setting himself up for a you know really meaningful career.
0: Well, you, you look at it yesterday. Who Barra Did we have on the bench that you looked at and actively went, they could change the game for us? Joe Allen. I knew you'd go there. (laughs) But Joe Joe Allen, again, he's nearly at the same level as Kolo. Like, they're up there with the gods. Um, True that. But you don't look at Benteke and go, he'll change the game for us. If you say that you look at Lalana and and say he'll change the game, you're a liar as well, guy. So, don't go there. uh, have
1: you forgot what I, my opinions on Lallana. No, about? I know,
0: but I was expecting you half to be like, "I thought he'd change the game," because um, he won't, because Lallana can't change games. Um, so someone like Ojo on there is going to do a lot more damage than what we had.
2: Yeah, so we basically we, we do have some good young attacking talent that uh, you, you you both think that with maybe substitute appearances between now and the end of the season, you know, could, could make a contribution and, uh, you know, make a a good play for their futures.
0: There's a lot of very, very good attacking talent at the club at the minute. A lot.
2: Excellent. Right. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone who sent uh, questions into us. Uh, Really do appreciate your involvement in the show. So thank you very much. Uh, We're going to move on now to uh, to the last part of the show, which is our score predictions for the month ahead. Uh, Actually, not too many uh, games this month for a change. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, First game, though, uh, we've got Man City on Wednesday night at home. Uh, Guy, I'll come to you first. Your score prediction for this game. I'm going to go 3-1 us, because remember when we played Chelsea
1: in the final and they beat us? I'm going to to say we're going to mirror that and we're going to batter them when it doesn't
2: actually matter. I like your thinking. Uh, What about you, Nathan? Your score prediction for City Wednesday night?
0: Um, I don't have the same faith as Guy. Um, I think City will edge us 2-1.
2: Yeah, um, unfortunately I'm inclined to agree just because I think we looked physically done towards uh, the end of that game and I I worry quite what that will do to us uh, getting back out there as well on uh, Wednesday. I'm Um, worried I'm the optimistic one on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like your reasoning. I do like your reasoning. Um, Anyway, uh, next one up uh, on Sunday... It's a bit of a bogey team of late. Crystal Palace away from home. Guy, what's your prediction for this one?
1: Oh God, I hate Crystal Palace. Um, they they've been struggling recently, so they're probably going to beat us because we have a knack of helping out teams that are struggling. Uh, I'll pr- I'll go two one Crystal Palace, just cause they're just Crystal Palace and they. <laughs> Annoying.
2: Yeah, yeah, your optimism didn't last very yeah. long. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's
1: Crystal Palace and Alan
2: Padre. Yeah, well <laughs> What what about you, Nathan, then Palace away from home on Sunday?
0: I think we're gonna turn them over. I I think there'll be a reaction to being beat by City twice in sort of four or five days. Um I reckon we'll beat them three 0
2: Ooh, I like it. I'm gonna sit directly on the fence and call this a one one draw. Uh, and then we follow that up t- on the uh, the 10th of March we are at home in uh, the round of 16 of the Europa League against a certain team from just down the road man united go on then guy what's your score prediction for the first leg
1: i think it's going to be boring just a nil nil it's and i think the second leg will be much better but we'll get onto that <laughs>
2: yeah Um, What about you, Nathan? Your score prediction for this one?
0: I'm going to say 1-0. And I don't like saying that.
2: Yeah, I I don't know why. I have got a feeling that we are going to do this. Uh, We're going to edge the first leg 2-1, I'm going to go for. So I will come straight back over to you, Guy. The second leg, just one week later, away from home. What? What do you think it's going to end up?
1: Eight <laughs> nil. <Yeah>, no, <laughs> uh, but, no. Uh, I'll go three one. I think we'll pick them up on the counter when they try to push out.
2: Right, Nathan.
0: Mm, two one to us.
2: Right. I've gone for a one one at their place. So uh, basically, all three of us have got have got us going through. So we're going out. <laughs> <coughs>
0: <laughs> Mignele hat trick of errors. <laughs> cool it now.
1: Call or two range. Slow mo goal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Slow-mo> goal. <laughs> so we basically we're we're uh, we all f- Seriously, so we think we we should progress this or can progress this? We should. Considering
1: the injuries there have. Yeah.
0: We we can. <laughs> but that doesn't yeah. mean that we will.
2: Yeah, can and should, but yeah, the will is another part of it. So I, I do think we'll go through, but I do think it'll be by the skin of our teeth because we don't like to make things easy for ourselves. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, last last one for the month. Uh, Premier League away from home at Southampton. What uh, what about this one, guy?
1: Oof. They've been much better since Forster's come back. Um, I'll I'll go I'll go for a one 0 I think we'll just screw off the league and we'll just start dropping points for fun. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a safe one. Uh, what, what about you, Nathan? What, are you, what do you think it's going to be then?
0: I I can't see us winning this game. Um, playing so soon after the United game, I think that's going to take a lot out of us. Um, Southampton away is always tricky. Fraser Forster coming back for them is like getting a massive new sign-in. He's just been absolutely brilliant for them. Um, I think it'll be 1-0.
2: Yeah, I'm actually going for a one one all as well, just for the same reasons as yourself. You know, a few days after the second leg, it's um, yeah, that that concerns me. I think we're just not too good at that. Are we game to game? You know, back to back games, we do seem to run out of steam.
0: It's probably the hardest place to go to (coughs) away after a Thursday game as well.
2: But uh, but the the one plus point there in the month is uh, with the the FA Cup. Per matches at a schedule and with those being out of it we do actually get the opportunity to uh, to rest up a little bit so uh, there's there's the one positive of finally not being in the cup yeah <laughs> we actually do get to rest rest a little bit so uh, yeah it looks like it's gonna be uh, an interesting month and um, <clears throat> yeah <laughs> United in the Europa League we we have to we have to progress really don't we? It's just True. life isn't worth living if we don't
1: the season's gone as well if we lose on. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think they are absolutely right. So, uh, before we go, guys, um, I'll start with you, Nathan. Any plugs uh, you want to give out your Twitter handle, anything you want to plug?
0: Yeah, so, um, obviously my plug is for the AI Academy pod, if you haven't listened to it. Um, or any of the episodes I think we've done four now um, Guy will probably correct me on that if I'm wrong uh, I think we have yes yeah four sound. Yeah, four sounds right I've just checked um, I think they're all good bar episode three because I'm not in that one so you don't need to listen to that and the twitter handle is voice of Nathan
2: excellent uh, I concur with that uh, they are good pods uh, what about yourself Guy do you want to give out your twitter handle where people can catch you uh, anything you want to plug
1: uh, well, my Twitter handle is at Guy drinkle Drink E L. I, I imagine people try and spell it properly with an L-E, but you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, first, plug episode three because Nathan's not in it and it's better. Um,
0: uh, you even admit you miss it. <laughs> Let's uh, not go there.
1: <laughs> and just, just in general, just all the great work we everyone does on AI, and just give every everything a listen. Doesn't matter if you don't like people; just give it a listen. Mm.
2: Absolutely, uh, I, I can echo that. You know, just just, just want to say to everyone, please do keep checking out all the great content there on uh, Anfield Index and the EPL Index uh, website as well. Some really really great stuff on there. So um, thanks to uh, to Guy and Nathan. Thanks to you both for joining me on the show tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, Indeed. thanks for having us.
2: My pleasure. Excellent. It's been it's been fun. Enjoyed it. Uh, thank you to uh, to everyone out there for listening in. And uh, till next time from me, Andy Wills, it's Bobano.